Welcome back to Round 12, the podcast that will always be dedicated to growth, development, and motivational mastery. I am your host, Sensei Roger B. Hamilton. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Round 12 podcast series. Let's go get it. Knee Replacement Surgery and My Life Lessons Learned Inspiration, Determination, and Perspiration My first level of learning begins with this phrase, slow down. While I am not characteristically the slowest moving person as a rule, from the very moment I stepped into the surgery center and registered with the nursing staff, I was hit with a powerful realization. I said to myself, I said, self, time for you to slow down. They got you now. But you know what? I went through preparation anesthesia, 
lack of consciousness, the wake up and the weird groggy period after. Yet my mind and my method was still moving. I was out of place. I was tentative. I was poised. I was staged. And when a few hours passed and the medical team asked me if I could try to move, I was ready. I popped out of bed as quick as I possibly could, which was pretty slow. I breathed in and out to gather myself. I jumped on my crutches with only as much assistance as possible, and I took off. I had made my point. I had set my new self in motion, and I was on the move. In spite of my personal commentary to myself, and with no regard to the physical, mental, and emotional merits of the event or its recovery, I was good to go. I was doing me, and I went home the same day and made my way upstairs once I arrived. Trust me when I tell you, I was certain that I had a complete handle on all of this. Still groggy, loopy, and a little bit of pain, but completely bearable and medicated to the hilt. No matter, I was still moving like always. Until that epidural anesthesia wore off and that crazy pain hit. Oh. My. God. Youth lessons and my ABCs. Death as a reality lessons and the loss of loved ones. Early injury and illness lessons. Auto accident lessons. Scholastic challenge lessons. Sports and athletic lessons. Wins and losses. Relationship lessons with males and females. Job interview lessons and learning to say the right things. Bias and unconscious bias lessons and realizing that the world may not always be a fair place. Family lessons and the ins and outs of love and commitment or the absence thereof, travel lessons and the rules of the road and how to read the signs, fight and conflict and blood and sweat and tears and the lessons that demand you acknowledge them and face your personal facts, moving lessons and changing where you live to where you'll go and what you want and what you know. Living lessons and how to just be, working lessons and showing up on time and striving hard to provide value, martial lessons and learning how to learn, punching and kicking lessons and deserving what you earn, corporate lessons and watching dogs eat dogs, balance lessons and understanding each side, parenting lessons and the gift received and given, diapers changed and doctors visited and rewarding trips in the field, husbanding lessons and the sound of drums and rhythm, teaching lessons and their intricate layers of learning still. Hosting lessons, registrations and the courtesy involved, record keeping and tax documents and birth certificates and driver's licenses and auto insurance and homeowner's policy and landscaping and dentist offices and vacuuming the rugs and taking out the garbage and cleaning the windows and cooking your best food and washing all those dishes. Suddenly, in spite of knowing how to handle all those intricate things that I had learned over all this time living, the pain kicked in. And when it did, none of that seemed to matter. For all intents and purposes, I wasn't going anywhere. Had I decided to slow down? No. You know what? It decided for me. My circumstances decided for me, my body decided for me, my mind decided for me, my emotion decided for me, my brain decided for me, my reality 
decided for me. It was then that I began anew. It was then that I revised my process and became the willing patient and not the all-knowing, all-powerful driving force. And at this moment, after considerable reflection and time steadily passing, I have slowed down. And yes, I will adjust my pace going forward to speed up again and make my way across my given landscape steadily and gracefully. But for now, I am the speaker of the truth. I am the learner of the lessons, and I am the humble student of living, and I am glad. And I, my friends, encourage you also to learn and grow and get through it all so you can find your own peace, your own growth, and your own joy. What else I learned? I have concluded that inspiration matters. I have contemplated the fact that I recorded my podcast episode and presented it to you all in spite of my body being down and my knee being elevated, and that's okay. Because I have concluded that I am an inspired type of fellow. And inspiration is good. Having something you're working toward and that matters to you is a good thing. Here's some points of interest to consider. Inspiration is the springboard for creativity, and creativity changes the world. Apparently, patent-holding inventors report being inspired more frequently and intensely than non-patent holders. And the higher the frequency of inspiration, the higher the number of patents held. Where do you think the light bulb invention came from? Thank you, Mr. Edison. Therefore, people who are generally more inspired in their daily lives also tend to set inspired goals, which are then more likely to be successfully attained. Importantly, the relationship between inspiration and goal progress is reciprocal. Goal progress also predicts future goal inspiration. As researchers will note, this suggests that goal progress and goal inspiration build on each other to form a cycle of greater goal inspiration and greater goal pursuit. And in the end, inspired individuals report experiencing more purpose in life and more gratitude. Now that's crazy. In effect, it seems that the more inspired you are, the more grateful you are for what you get. Maybe because you dug down inside of yourself to pursue something special or important, therefore you appreciate when it works out and you get the benefit of your pursuit. What? Like our man Hannibal of the A-Team suggests? I love it when a plan comes together. Research also indicates that inspiration increases well-being. As an example, those who were exposed to Michael Jordan's basketball and business greatness experienced higher levels of positive life effect. If you've ever watched him play in an NBA game live in the moment, you might very well agree. That boy was bad. So in honor of Mike and Oprah and Steve Jobs and Michelangelo and Ralph Waldo Emerson and Ali Walter Bush Hamilton, I say it's cool to be inspired. Yeah, I slowed down but I'm moving inspirationally slow now. I also learned that determination matters. 
and staying fired up and moving forward does not mean that you have to move as fast as you possibly can. It simply means keep moving at your own pace at the time and don't let the concept of change mess you up. The thing about change is some people take it in stride, but other people pout and cry and grumble and fight it every step of the way. It occurred to me that this situation was under uh, another case for me to roll with the punches and recognize my reality. Admittedly, though, there were waves of revolving emotions which forced me to make a decision. Either I was positive or I wasn't, with no in-between. I like where I landed. Another thing I learned was that perspiration matters too. Your efforts sum up everything. I realized that my progress in life begins in my own mind and ends in the same place. I don't care how you slice it. Every great accomplishment began with the blink of an idea in the mind of some person, then was shaped for practical usefulness and finally transformed into reality. A great many ideas have come to me when I was moving and sweating, then sat down afterward to put the merits of the ideas in motion. I love that process. It feels good. So I would say to you, if you aren't where you want to be or seeing the results that you want to see, then chances are that a lack of serious effort over long periods of time may be the reason why. And not just regular effort, serious effort where your heart races and your pores breathe. Get moving and keep a towel handy for those drops of literal and figurative sweat. They are good things indeed. I also learned that I should embrace uncertainty. You know, oftentimes in the face of change, a lot of undue stress comes from doubting yourself. Self-doubt is funny. It often makes us hold tight to outdated habits and roles that rationalize a situation to fit our emotional state because we're afraid to fail, look bad, or take responsibility for more than we believe we can handle. As an example, Introducing a new process at the office might bring about feelings of ne negative exposure and fear that you're out of line. You may feel that if I raise my hand or have an idea that is not in line with others, I run the risk of getting in trouble or being perceived as a troublemaker. Just know that the tendency to resist the new and unknown for the old way of doing things has much to do with a fear of looking incompetent. However, Accepting change is not about giving up and being overwhelmed with self-doubt. It's about experiencing something new with the knowledge that you can adapt and grow stronger. Even learn new skills if you embrace the change. Another thing I learned is be good to yourself. Most of us are accustomed to offering compassion to others in the face of stress or tragedy. However, when it comes to granting that same self-compassion to ourselves, we often criticize and beat ourselves up mentally. While I didn't beat myself up too much, I still realize that this is such an elusive concept. Looking out for yourself seems like a selfish endeavor, but it's okay. Who else should you look out for as a matter of importance? It doesn't mean you don't look out for others. It just means that the time is yours right now, and that's okay. And whoever is down for you, they will reach out and offer help. And again, that's all okay. Look at this standard philosophical principle. Think about it. The concept question is such. Do you love one of your children more than the others? 
yes is the answer. Huh? <laughs> what? Explain that, brethren. Because if one of my children is sick, I give him more. If one of my children is heartbroken, she is most important at the time. So in the end, we all have to go with the flow. We have to give and take so that we can believe in getting ours and we happily and heartily give theirs when they need it. The problem is we aren't taught this stuff. Us people, we get confused, man. We don't always know how to take care of each other. So I say this, take care of your people. Take care of yourself. Make the world better by simply being better. Being better, yeah. But at the pace and in the manner that is healthy and calm and resilient. At whatever speed you need, let's go get it. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of the Round 12 Podcast Series. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. May the worst days of your future be like the best days of your, of your past. And may you continue to answer life's bell every time. Until we meet again, time!